Hello and welcome to Girls Gone Canon, I guess, Sans One Girl. Uh, it's one of your hosts, Chloe, and instead of one of your other hosts who is currently traveling the universe getting some shit done, I am joined by a prestigious guest who is here to unleash the D with me, the dragon. I am also one of your hosts. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's Zach from Game of Owns. I'm glad to be here. We're here to unleash and give and take the full D. I'm not sure what we're going to title this little episode today, but it's going to be something like Unleashing the D. You're making me think of Tenacious uh, we're D now. Talk about Do you like Tenacious D? It seems like you would love Tenacious D. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. A little bit. I, I I used to really get into Tenacious D in my younger days. I was going to say in your earlier years. We were just talking about your earlier yes. years. We were talking about Chloe's <laughs> time in the Doctor Who fandom, and we were just talking about Matt, and you were like, let's record. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got some... Yeah, that did. that is what kind of spurred us to record. Yeah, I've got some, I don't know, some conflicting opinions. I haven't come back to Doctor Who in a long time. Before there was a song of ice and fire. Before it, it took your full Chloe attention. Loved, yeah, Chloe loved Doctor Who, man. I've met, in fact, a lot of my Doctor Who friends from the Aswa fandom, they 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 are actually like friends I knew in the book. Yeah, I had no idea you met that really Jason that. that long ago at a con like that and that it was yeah. Doctor Who focused. Like, that's so neat. I thought that most of the folks that were at Ice and Fire Con met originally there, but it's neat that you brought people in from other conventions i feel like that's the way it should be and it's really cool that it happened that way i just didn't know yeah i and that's kind of cool right like you get a pack you travel with your little wolf pack or your dragon pack i'm sorry wrong theme wrong we can talk episode, about wrong theme. and like later later on in the <laughs> dance there's some wolf involvement symbolically yeah, the hour of the wolf i'm i'm not over that the end of house of the dragon will will if it's similar to the end of you know fire and blood of what happens in Fire and Blood, that we're going to get a great Hour of the Wolf episode <laughs> where all the dragons of, you know, beep, beep, I guess, uh, spoilers, read Fire and Blood. Uh, read Fire and Blood. Okay, I'll take that to heart. That's how I feel. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> gonna, <laughs> oh, I have. It? I'm going to reread read it, it again. I'm, I'm going through, um, like, a further, like, we're, we're talking about Fire and Blood on Game of Thrones right now, chapter by chapter, and I'm going to be going through it ahead of our chapter reread and then catching up with my head reading just to try to remember everything because this is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do as far as talking about a book with my friends is remembering all the details of every single family because I I, I call them that because there's so many years between what happens. I know that it's the same family, but there's so many different iterations of the Targaryen tiers of families that I mix up all their, their kids' names. And once their kids move on and become the head of the house, then it's like, okay, right now, as I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, that's the main guys right now. But then they get replaced by someone else. It's just hard to remember that and all the supporting characters. Fire and Blood is full of so many details. And we covered Dance of the Dragons over at our Patreon only for the most part. And, and we haven't come out of Dance of the Dragons retirement <laughs> yet, right? Because I think we did like 800 episodes on it. <laughs> It's a lot. Like, you guys doing chapter by chapter is so fucking impressive because it is a huge, chunky, two-seas book. Uh, we actually got those books yeah, We did. That was such that. a fun night. Yeah, yeah. No, that was cool. Uh, I wanted to tell... We got to see George that night. I wanted to tell him I was there, but then I was like... Oh, He's no. probably like, yeah, if you're a fan <laughs> of me, you should have been there. <laughs> I was afraid he'd be like, okay, you can leave now. 
<laughs> like, I was there doing your book release. It was great. I loved the I interview. I paid to see you that one time, George. <laughs> yeah, I paid. George. I have two. I have two signed books of yours. I'm gonna get another one. I actually got another what? one. Um, I didn't know that all the books at his bookstore were signed. Oh, shut and so up. So I bought Armageddon Rag. I didn't know that, and so I bought Armageddon Rag. Um, I don't know if you've ever read that one. Uh, uh, but I know of it. I do know of it. Does he have Fever Dream there? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, next time you go back, hit me up so I can, uh, you know, chat with you about a fever. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. My God, this is Three insider weeks. trading info about George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. here on Girls Gone Canon. You said you just wanted a BS, <laughs> so I I have nothing else to say about the truth, uh, Chloe. Three weeks from now, so it's June eleventh, and three weeks Game of Owns returns to George R. R. Martin's bookstore. I. I will hit you up then and see if I can PayPal a man about some fever dream. <laughs> I think we're going to try to convince him to record at our Airbnb. Oh, you going to roll him up a... Never like, mind. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that. I don't know about any of that yet. Beep, beep, You know, beep. it's just like even even the territory, like not be surrounded by all of his books as we talk to him, it's a little, a little bit more intimidating that way. Yeah, I could feel that. It, it does feel very in his domain, right? Showing oh, up yeah. there. Which sure. most of this, this yeah. exchange, it seems, is in his domain. But it's that's exciting yeah. still. Either way, I hope you get to uh, pull it in your court, the ball in your court. I'm going to be like, listen, this room is too echoey. We're going to need to put up some shit in Are the you going to put George you in the closet? closet? Oh, my God. Yeah, do you guys have a full-size closet <laughs> we could get into? Hopefully. Uh, for those of you listening at home or at work or in your car or elsewhere existing in a park, maybe, or living your best life, Game of Owns is hooking up a George R. R. Martin. That sounded more sexual than it is, <laughs> but... Hooking up, hooking up. The crowd goes wild. You guys, are, you guys ever heard of him? I don't know if you guys have heard him. <laughs> Yeah, the man, the myth, the legend that wrote Gildane that wrote Fire and Blood. I think Gildane wrote George R. R. I think that the, the books Gildane's adapted. The, the real overgod of all of this. He's adapting Archmaester Gildane's books, and that's so brave of George R. R. Martin. In my it's opinion. very brave of him. Brave. And he made it so complicated for us. That's that's one of the things that I uh, that that I talked about with them was just like we've got so much to do. Like, uh, feel free to keep writing more because uh, yeah. I, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, give, me give us another 10 years, George, please. My God. My God. Another decade yeah. of ASWAF. We need it. We crave it. And I don't know. I, I've i been, you know, peeping some of George's little posts lately, whether it's him or his minions posting them. Uh, that obviously the world may never know. But he seems a little inspired. A little inspired. So whatever you're doing, Zach and Hannah at Game of Owns, keep doing mm. it. Uh, I basically just talked about other people's books with them. <laughs> hey, keep doing that. That's what's up. That's what's up. I hope that like we open the Winds of Winter. I think the High Garden chapters might show the most effect then. You might get a, a young archmaester in the making named Zach, or you might uh Oh my god. What if god. we get a, like a, a lady cues. in the reach named Lady Hannah? That would be good. Oh my god. Yeah, something like a summer islander by the name Anaha arrives her that's me that would be yeah, awesome that'd be cool as fuck too especially that would you know be. last time we talked about sam and kojimo and everyone mm-hmm. there on the uh the ship with him and that'd be cool i'd be into that i had such a good time recording that I episode know. that was fun I, all right, so we're gonna see some reach right we got the high towers big and hot d trailers we have the worsts the worsts otto is the worst i'm, I'm ready to hate him
Yeah, no, Otto's not going to be a, a fan favorite, that's for sure. But like with the flash, with the flashback mechanism, I feel like I don't know if like the full, the full like taste of him sticking around and then being kicked mm-hmm. out is going to like sink into people's brains as much. And the way that it looks when you see it all laid out in the timeline, it's like when he's pulled back in, you're like, this must be like a last ditch effort of some kind. I have a couple questions for you. One, uh, you just said we're going to see the reach. Do you think that? we're actually going to see a lot of Westeros in House of the Dragon? Or do you think that it's going to be centered mostly around these these key locations? Yes, I do, which is going to be, I mean, that's going to be kind of controversial, right? Like you're going to see these other locations reimagined in some aspects. We're probably going to see a newish Winterfell, right? Because you're going to get Jace going mm-hmm. up north and Sarah Snow. Uh, oh my God, we're going to get the truth of what the fuck happened there, right? Will there be dragon eggs, a clutch left? Uh, will Jace and Sarah have secretly gotten married at the Weirwood? Will we see any of that? I think we will. Um, so you think that things like 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 those those questions that were risen in Fire and Blood are going to be directly shown on camera in a lot of different situations like that? Yeah. Uh, when we did our Dance of the Dragon series at Patreon for our Stranger Tier patrons and up, we talked a lot about... Uh, and this was before Fire and Blood was breathed about, right? Like, this is before, or hot not D. before Fire and Blood. This was before the show. Hot hot D, hottest D, Dick Hot. Before Dick Hot <laughs> was talked about, uh, we'd had no clue, but we were all saying, like, I guess we'll never know. Like, Kristen Cole yeah. and Rhaenyra, what really happened? The point is, we don't know in the book. However, the translation into show, yeah. they're going to have to choose something. I, they, he could leave it, Ryan Condell could leave it totally ambiguous, right? Like, he could. He could still make it ambiguous and leave the audience to imagine. And if he does, I guess I respect that to an extent as well. I just think, I don't know. I I think we have to get some answers on things like that. The the Sarah Snow thing. I I also think going for the mushroom version of some things might make for a better TV show. What was it recent interview from Ryan Connell that I read where he basically said that there's I'm I probably shouldn't even talk about it because I can't remember the quote exactly. Maybe maybe you read it too. That he didn't say mushroom directly, but he did he did comment on multiple interpretations that are prompted in Fire and Blood, and that the choices are going to have to be made. So if choices are going to have to be made, then we and we know how closely Ryan works with George R. R. Martin on this, and how excited George R. R. Martin is for this series. Like, are you going to consider that? an answer to those questions, the ambiguous nature of the stuff from Fire and Blood, once it's uh, said in House of the Dragon, like, that's the answer, that's what it is? Or do you think that there's still going to be a contention? Is that the word I'm looking for? Contingent of people that are like, you know, I don't believe in that. That's not the story that represents the way that I see it. Ooh, I think there's two answers to that because those are two different questions when you think about it. Yes, there will always be a contingency of people that way right like people that don't believe the slaying a giant in a castle of snow <laughs> means killing Littlefinger. he is little right? <laughs> I- i'm sorry but that's like i'm sorry but that's like one of the most canon that's one of the few canon things about right. season seven right. of game of thrones thank you very much uh it's just the way they happen and so i feel okay it's really hard to let myself hope i've been hurt before i've been in a relationship with game of thrones and game of thrones dragged me through the mud threw me into a canal i came back three days later with a bloody vengeance you know that oh, can wait, be you. that's that's different holy shit i'm sorry that's catalin stark meanwhile your ex doctor who is like hey i never did any of that to you i just wasn't that fun in the end 
Uh, yeah, it's hard. I've got a lot of X's here with media, but Game of Thrones, I wouldn't even say that it's an X, you know? We're on good terms, me and Game of Thrones. Uh, I think that that was different, right? Fire and Blood is a history. It has been written. Ryan Condal has a very precious bit of time here to tell something that's already been written and to take creative Mm -hmm. and dramatic flair where he wants. And I think that's going to be really powerful in, look, my husband thinks that Princess and the Queen slash Rhaenyra slash Dance of the Dragons, he hates the story. He's like, it's just like the worst puff piece story of all of them. He's like, okay, sure, I get it, but Mm -hmm. it's just the same story sandboxed. Um, And he has other reasons too for it. And he doesn't hate it. He's fine with it. But it's just like, it's not his favorite. It's not the story he would have chosen to adapt. So we always, I I find it completely compelling. I think it's a good one to adapt, especially on scale. It volumized wise, like volume, it scales up, right? It starts small, it gets huge. But it also starts pretty consistently big, right? Chunky with huge flying dinosaurs, uh, with dragons, doggos, air doggos. But then you build up to a lot of destruction, a lot of battle, a lot of war, a lot of political Mm -hmm. thrill and drama. Uh, uh, It's weird to imagine we're getting it. That's the hard part for me. I think we need new TV, though. I think we need new TV that's on the scale where we have like Power Rangers, but instead of being guys in suits, it's dragons. They're kind of going to be that represented like a sort of cartoonish nature inside of all the Mm -hmm. intrigue that you're talking about and the... You know, like, we like to put ourselves in the character or, like, in, like, to the skin of the people that we're watching or reading. And if they're really good looking and they have cool stuff to do, then that's even better. But then you mix in the kind of, uh, like, fireworks that people like from Marvel movies or, like, from the Power Rangers, like I said. I'm imagining, like, the putties, like, when you kick them and, like, sparks fly off of them. Like, that kind of stuff that's evolved over time to be such a polished new thing, I think, is going to be shown in a way that has never been shown before when we see this many dragons and this much drama. Because if they end season one with the dance beginning, I mean, holy crap. I mean, I know they're going to... I think they're wanting to do, like, five seasons, right? And so you can imagine all all of the... That's their goal. All of the the beats that are going to be shown outside of that i mean like dragging dragging it out from 100 to 130 ac over the course of two seasons or something makes sense if you needed to do it but the fact that it seems like they're going to jump that far ahead and kind of stay there is really cool and i think that they might continue to use the flashback mechanism to give us more context especially if season one's really successful mm-hmm. and people seem to like the lore of uh, two uh pre-100 like all the way back from conquest maybe all the way through jaharis maybe show us Mm -hmm. i keep wanting to go back to having some of magor depicted just for context i don't know how that's going to work into the story itself but with all this with all the valyrian steel and all the dragons there is a jaharis moment there's a jaharis moment in the last teaser oh no we're oh we're definitely going to see that for sure and that's but that's not real because he wasn't at that council the changing so like that is you know what for sure that's a good yeah. change, though. That's a good adaptation. It's a good way to give yeah. fans what the fuck they want. I want to see Jaharis. I do. Whatever. Fuck it. Oh, me too. Yeah, no, that's going to be so neat. Yeah. And I think it's also really cool to see Jaharis at the end of his time and to see Jaharis as the old king. Having people introduced to him as the, the guy who was so successful at the end of it all, whenever you read Fire and Blood chronologically, it's always such a question, whoever the next person is that's coming in to replace people, especially young Targaryens. That brings up a great thought. In Game of Thrones, that king, mm-hmm. the old king, was Ares too. So for Viserys, 
he's following the reign of the old king of Jaehaerys, who mm-hmm. was the king, the golden king. Everything fucking worked for him. We know on the inside it didn't. We know. Insider view. <laughs> right. But if you hold it in, people can stay together. Yeah, absolutely. Like his whole thing is that he is the king that conciliated, that made it all work, uh, even mm. though the inside was much messier to the reader's eye. But Ares, too, was, I mean, the last of the Targaryens in the Game of Thrones view. So it's kind of a great contrast to have, I mean, Viserys and Ned are in positions of power in some aspects that they know will kill them someday, right? In in mm. many ways. And they make some really hard choices. Uh I'm excited to see Patty Consign do Viserys. I want to see that oh, very yeah. badly. I think it's going to be amazing, especially because yeah. in interviews, him and Ryan both have said some things about Viserys' like man pain, his utter king man pain that we're going to mm. see. And I find him really one-dimensional in Fire and Blood because we don't mm. get POVs, right? I want to right. hear Rhaenyra's thoughts. I think that just like Danny, uh, hearing Rhaenyra's thoughts would make you much closer to her without that kind of utter and total removal from the outside mm-hmm. of the things she's actually doing. For uh, sure. Hint, hint, we get it. It's, it's a little tiny bit of a parallel in some ways for her and for Cersei. But for Viserys, you don't get any of it. Like, there's some hints from Mushroom's different testimonies throughout the story, huh? Of what may be or may not be Viserys' true heart. But we just don't know. Like, I'm calling it now. Viserys burnt down Hall. He, he commanded it. I don't think it was anyone else but him. I think he's the one who commanded it. Mushroom says he thinks it was Viserys, and I do too. What What would be the argument otherwise? Uh, that it was Damon out of anger over Harwin and, of course, the Strongs in general. That makes sense. Um, or that it would have been Otto Hightower who was really pushing it, which also makes sense, I mean. But Viserys yeah. being the, the cloaked, you know, the cat. this is the real cat spa. For Hot D. It's going to be Viserys, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially when you see how much they punched up his character. Securing so his for, reign. Dude, speaking of his reign, I mean, pretty good pretty good length of a reign compared to most of the Targaryens that were in charge before him. Like, I think he's number two or number three behind Jaehaerys. So, you know, to have a similar... I think people were used to it at that point, like having the same king for a while, the same ruler for a while. But with all the potential drama that was underneath him, I, mean, I feel like he had almost almost the same amount to deal with as uh, someone like Aenys or someone before him. But like maybe because, like I said, that people were used to a long stretch of reign, the trend was like to just be more chill with how things were or because things were getting modernized, it was more chill. But the fact that he's getting a deeper characterization not just for the tv show's sake but potentially to make his uh the way that he dies at the end of probably the first season i feel bad if anyone's listening to this and doesn't want spoilers by the way (laughs) uh it would be like uh that that makes sense that you'd be built up for that because obviously we don't want this to be a shallow tv show but also like you could go somewhere else if you wanted to but if he was respond if he was like the sleeper basically like you're saying like the cat's paw like the Mm -hmm. the schemer that you're saying that he is then i think that that would be even so much sweeter to see it all come crumbling down well that's to secure his reign right like her (laughs) rhaenyra fucking daemon is bad enough but he can't kill daemon right without being a kinslayer and he's already like very very publicly shunned daemon and be like daemon you fucking scumbag Stop fucking my daughter. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, my God, worst uncle. You met her in the show when she's like seven. 
God, but you can't Dude. like kill him, right? Because then people would know, and that that he's just like. So what if, you know, now my daughter is fucking Harwin Strong and making a real spectacle? I mean, it's kind of a Tywin would have done that for Cersei, right? Like he would have tried to murder people to erase her uh her little issues, right? If if she had come, <laughs> for to sure. him. If he was still around now. He'd be like, all right, let's get rid of the kettle blacks. I guess, fuck. Yeah, no kidding. I've I killed mean- your lovers. I'm surprised she didn't get rid of the kettle blacks, to be honest. She tried. To, I mean, I know she had to use them for stuff, but Jesus Christ, man. Well, you know, she got in Way a little trouble deep. at the church, okay? Yeah, you're right, but I don't know. I just feel like we all, we always, Cersei always compares herself to Tywin so much, you know? But like, those, those are, those are the kinds of mistakes that, that's the reason why Homeboy was in the position that he was in. That's obvious stuff, but. That's kind of like what that. I want from Rhaenyra's POV, right? Because I think it's a cross between Cersei and Danny. I would love to read like her thoughts and the the reason she does things and like the slights she takes and what she's actually thinking when they happen. And uh, man, I want that. That's the thing is this show is going to fix some of the stuff for George, right? That he doesn't get to write, hopefully with his influence on some of the things he's checkmarked or thumbs up to Ryan. Mm-hmm. Gives us a little of his inner desires for these characters. We don't get a netisode about Viserys. I think that we're going to get what you're looking for. But what I was going to ask was how much do you think we're going to get of that sort of moment-to-moment blocking with a character like Rhaenyra to understand her decisions based on how much stuff we have to get through, at least just in the first season, like with time jumps and stuff, which we know we're going to get from the footage. Man, I would say we're going to get a good amount of that because... We've had so many little glimpses in the trailer already of her, like, standing off Dragonmont, looking in the distance, thinking about how she's going to take back her country. Um, mm. We've already gotten a good amount of that. <laughs> you know, some Danny season seven, episode one, Dragonstone touching the sand kind of shit. You know we're going to get a lot <sighs> of that good interior. That was good. I don't want that, though. I don't. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it, <laughs> I like seeing Danny there. And I, li- I like all of the. It just the, made no sense. The importance of it. But, like. I just feel like if it's nothing but importance for two seasons, or in this case, if it's nothing but, you know, important, uh, like, you should really like this because it means so much that these characters are doing this right here and in this place, then will people actually, like, love the show the way that we're all hoping that Hot D catches fire? (laughs) As much as G.O.T. did? Catches fire. Uh, Yeah. Well, so here's something interesting. I think you and I disagree on the trajectory of how they're using the time flashes. I think that we're going to get more linear than most people imagine. I think that most of the first season will be the younger actors for the most part and some of the same actors. And I think that we will get some flashbacks later, but I think the first like half of the season will probably be all the young actors. I don't think... Like what age for Venera do you think? So... It's basically what, like, we're covering fifteen to thirty-three. So it's a fifteen-year span. I mean, okay. in totality, right? So it's a fifteen-year span of time. So I'd say that you're looking at someone who's got to be ten years younger than older Rainier. I think it's a ten-year age gap. I think we're gonna have so a decade like flash 17, forward. Seventeen years old. Yeah, I'd say seventeen, eighteen, which is about right. That's about right for when mm-hmm. he stood in front of everybody and was like, "That's my air, motherfuckers." Um. I think that's about right. So you got 18 and then you got 28 to 30-ish. That makes sense to me. Well, well 111 was the greens and the blacks, right? Mm-hmm. So. So it's 15 to 20 years we have to cover, I guess. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so if we, I feel like what you just said makes a lot of sense that when we get like a more Dorothy Rhaenyra, it'll probably be like episode seven mm-hmm. or something. I think it's going to be a time the season that way. I think they're changing the timeline though. Like, A, I don't think the okay. timeline matters. Uh, yeah, I you're mean, right. is the other thing. Yeah. I, I think it's like just going to be. thinking about that, but they're not right. caring about that when they're writing it. it, it you're not going to get like a marker on each corner of the page that says, this is 110 <laughs> AC. I think we're going to get, I mean, I think we might even open younger Rhaenyra. There might even be surprises like we get younger Viserys. Maybe we'll see flashback flashbacks like you were saying. Wait, maybe we'll get more of Jaehaerys' reign or little snippets. Obviously, we already have that flashback of Jaehaerys of the Council. Uh, maybe they will lean in with a few well-placed flashbacks, which we know D&D really didn't want to do. And probably for the better, because the ones we did get were fine. But, I mean, flashbacks, fine. you need them. You need them, man. You need good ones, good flashbacks. And I hope they're like... I think especially now with this story, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot to explain. Uh, and I think we might get younger story then. And maybe by halfway through the season, she'll be... 16 to 18 somewhere in that range and then we'll get a decade flash i bet we'll get like a jump forward you know at most decade at least five years somewhere in there where you have a few kids on her and and that begs the question how many kids are we getting are we even getting all three of the strong boys and then are we getting both agen and adversaries or are we getting a few of them right like yeah are we gonna get darren we might not get darren or amond you know we haven't talked about Lenore's wig. Yeah, Lenore's wig is uh, uh, all the wigs are not great? Question mark. They aren't. I mean, Lenore's wig, Rainey's wig. Girl, girl, girl. Rainey's wig. The back of it. Like, what do you have in there, Rainey's? A motherfucking shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, I remember you talking about now. (laughs) And there is some part of it that's like very. You know, renaissance like, very... It was a style... I, I Even in the 60s, I guess, there were some styles that were very beehive that were reminiscent of it. But it's... To me, it's obvious of a failure with the wig. And, like, I'm not even saying, like, they tried. It's just... They put something in there to make it that shape. And they backcombed it and teased it to that shape. And then they put that on her head. And I, there's something I noticed with Targaryen wigs specifically in Game of Thrones. And now the Game of Thrones universe is where they have a lace front wig... Right, there are two types of wigs, Zach, when you cosplay, just to give you the full rundown. Okay, you know, remember back to Ice and Fire Con with all these humans running around. There are wigs Mm -hmm. that are just like, they have a fabric cap in them, and they fit on your head, and you adjust them, and you can kind of tell sometimes if you look just right, you're like, oh, that's a wig. Uh, But you're not, no one looks like that, so no one notices, but they look like wigs. And then there are wigs that have a lace front or top that look very natural. And and you cut the lace, you glue it onto your head, basically, for the day with adhesive, or for weeks, even. Some people do. Uh, And you glue it down, and it looks very natural. It blends in very natural. But all of these characters have the hair pulled at the temple very tightly back with these Mm -hmm. wigs. Um, And I, I guess, like... It's confusing to me because they want to try off some of these hairstyles and make them very showy and try to come up with something special and indicative of like an era, indicative of a region, right? They're trying to do some costuming and hair world building, which is fine. But the Targaryen wigs specifically always have this awful pulled back quality that make it look like they have all of this load being buried at the back front top, like above the occipital on the back top of their head. 
They are mm-hmm. bearing a load, and I just don't get it. Why can't some of them have some nice fallen locks? You know, some sure. nice soft fallen locks, or some just like I don't know. It, it's weird to me because these are heavy. Like Amelia Clark's head and shoulders. I hope they insured those motherfuckers for a million dollars because they held <laughs> up not only most of the show, but also they held up that wig. <laughs> All of Don't those braids. <laughs> Don't get Exactly. I wish I could remember the whole speech. Uh, That's everything you said is true. But it's also just that I don't like the way they look on top of that. And there's just something about it. I'm not um, really a good, like a good chooser of what people's hair should look like. Like I don't yeah. consider myself someone that has like expertise in the matter. But I am a person who has eyes. <laughs> Sometimes I use them and I see it and I'm like, I just feel like it pulls me out because I see like mm-hmm. you're doing this thing. It's like, it didn't really happen until later on in the Game of Thrones series when they got a lot more money. And uh, I don't know. Also, it, it canonically goes with the scale of Danny's power rising. I understand that. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're going to an era that's, uh, fortified with Targaryen legacy, and so mm-hmm. it makes sense that there's going to be ridiculous be twos. <laughs> it's it's going to be richness. Like I understand that it's going to be opulent, and that things are going to be uh, like they can be both dangerous and wild, and have their look put together. That makes total sense to me. Like it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like gritty. All right, like we doesn't we don't have to be like Arya traveling north, right? With the Night's Watch, gritty Game of Thrones. Even though people really like that, it worked really well. Like I can I understand that you want to make it something else, but I don't really think that it worked that well in season seven or season eight of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we're not changing like those things mm-hmm. between that show and this show. And I think it was part of the reason the way the characters look quite frankly, that a lot of folks were pulled a little bit out of the immersiveness because it was when you can see decisions being made out loud, like when you can notice that like this was a decision, like you were saying about Mm -hmm. like they they really made a lot of like they put a lot of work into the way that hair looks. Mm -hmm. I understand like putting a lot of work into a set and honestly a lot of work into people's outfits too. But there's also a little bit of flourish when you're doing a lot of work on something to also make it look effortless. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you can't have a hairstyle that's full of effort, but maybe finish it in a way where it seems real and not just not just make it in a way where it's the only way that we can make it and that's the best job that we can do because everyone's so rushed and so busy. Like, that seems to be the vibe. And I think that it pulls people out of the immersiveness. Even a layman like me who doesn't know anything about wigs or the way <laughs> women's hairstyles are supposed to look. I see the, the I see Rhaenyra and uh, Lenore standing on the beach and I'm just like, uh, what's going on here? That's my first thought. Like, I hope that's being shot from an angle that uh, is flattering because what is going on here? Yeah, I think some of the, and the Valerian silver hair, I think is, I think it's a good choice to have. And I love that we have textured hairstyles on the show, but I do feel like the wig work in Game of Thrones, the wig work in Hot D so far has not impressed me. And to that point, like what you were saying, for example, Cersei and Sansa, these characters both had down dues that were very relaxed when they were not doing things like Sansa on the run in the north had her hair in a messy, scruffy braid. Okay, and that's fine. Sansa in season seven, for the most part, had a horrible wig, a really bad yeah. wig. It was not good. Yeah. Um, season seven wigs were really bad for some reason. Cersei has had some crazy fucking updos and some crazy hairdos, but she also had moments where her 
her hair and her wig and whatever she was doing was just normal and fine and like just flat mm-hmm. and down. And mm-hmm. Rhaenyra definitely so far has had the better of the wig issues. Um, Rainey's wig is like the thing that really bugs me about her. <laughs> and I don't think they're going to do this. I again, I think there's a positive trajectory here. I think we're we're positive, we're optimistic, even almost because we're so thirsty for content for this sure. to be good, really good. And yeah. I just hope they aren't like making her such a martyr character if that makes sense because the whole line Mm. in the trailer of like you know men would burn things down before women getting to sit on that throne um etc etc and that's fine like Like, it's true it's a true thing but like sure there is the shot where they're leaving the painting table room when they leave the painted table room you see she's in armor rainy says very briefly in the background which is Mm. good um i just hope they're not neutering her character in some aspects I just hope, you know, she's still, I'm sure she's going to have the fucking hero's death of everything, but I got a little, like, vibe almost that I was like, oh, God, please don't do that to her. Please let her be fierce and wonderful. Uh, And, like, Lena, I'm very interested to see how we get Lena. We've only seen her very briefly in the shots of the Valerians when they roll in, like, baddies in their black and gold brocade. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, they look, yeah, they look cool there. Yeah. They look like the HBEX right there. They show up and they're like, yeah, we're marrying in. Yeah, we're saving Rhaenyra from her bastard kids ruining her legacy. Yeah, what up? Uh, they look great. They do. Lena looks. You could just see her in the corner and she does look fabulous with her beautiful curls. Um, rip. Rip to a real one. I'm interested how they're going to play all that. Lena yeah, and Rhaenyra's friendship. I hope that exists still because I did love that they had a friendship in the books. But then like the fact that they're almost like a poly triad? Question mark. That's what that word. Polyquad. <laughs> Polycule? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yes, Polycule, which is, you know, I'm watching Battlestar Galactica for the first time, everyone, and there's a Polycule that just happened in season three that I was not expecting. Wait, remind me, which what is it? Is it Chief involved? No, but it is um oh I love that one too with Tyrrell and anyways, but it is uh Six and Diana and Guy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's a stretch. I, I was it. like, y'all are just fucking. I cool, cool. I'm a watch <laughs> with their little like I've... Sims one love bed. They're all in like that rotating bed in the middle of the lights. My God, Battlestar oh is amazing. I about you the guys, bed. holy shit, yeah, dude. They got to do so many things with that. See, what we need is a good old fashioned sci fi show like that. Listen up, hot D is sci fi, right? Acewaf is. I'm just oh, kidding. For sure, Acewaf is sci fi. No, it is. Yeah, Stop, no, for sure. No. I think. You can make, listen, hold on, hear me out. I think you can make fire and blood sci-fi with all the dragons. And, like, imagine seeing, you were just talking about the Valerians walking down the stairs, okay? Imagine you cut from Stepstones, Corliss, and Damon to now we have to be buttoned up and nice. I mean, what's not sci-fi about that? You got, you got dragons blowing up ships and stuff. I mean, like, there's a way that the dragons work that we don't know about yet. Have they ever been visited by off-world entities? I don't know. It's probably never going to happen. But we're living in the context of history, so maybe we just don't know about it yet. You know, it has all the characterization, though, that makes it cool. You know what I mean? It has all the tiers of people being in places that you want to see them being in, and then you have like them standing in some kind of court or in Battlestar on a bridge, being nice and following the rules, and then wilding out in some way. And you know, I have to say, you bring up dinosaurs, and I'm like. Zach, Sothorios. We have to go to Sothorios. That's where we go for the dinos, man. Yeah, just dragons that can't fly. 
So yeah. what's the point of them? <laughs> <laughs> we could ride them. Uh, a really good mounted steed. Listen, it's not all about flying mounts. Ground mounts can be cool too. Like if you have a flying mount and you go into a town, there's so much wind, so much attention. There's probably archers. There's like rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. But if you come in on a small dino, you can like navigate the same streets and stuff. And a dino is a way cooler riding mount to have because it has a mouth that can snap at people. Like, it's dangerous. Like, reptiles want to kill people. That's true. That's true. Can we get Sithorios? No, because, like, absolutely not. Season three of Battlestar, we get a rotating circular <laughs> bed. They didn't know that they wanted that in the first one. So we could go, we have, we could go anywhere if we could take what? a little bit of a... I'm just saying, like, if we took a little bit of uh, what's the word that you, would you take? Like, I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's creative, the, con- a little creative, like creators control, creators content. There. Yeah, that's the descriptor. I can't remember the exact word. Liberty. There we liberty. go. Take some yes, liberties yes, yes. with it. Like, I don't understand why we can't double down on the things that people enjoy. And so you say Sithorios, and I think that anyone who's ever read Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, watched Game of Thrones or read Song of Ice and Fire, and knows about the different places in the world. Like, we're mm-hmm. going to get to see the Sepstones. We're going to see more of Hall. We're going to get to see locations that we love. Like, we'll probably get to see – I mean, like, we are going to get to see Storm's End, and that's yep. going to be awesome. Probably end of but the like, season. Now, that would be neat. We're going to be able to see – uh, a much more sci-fi like or really even anime like if you want to get down to it like a uh, clash of certain characters let me think about the god's eye for example that's literally from an anime if we're going to have all these different genre textures nailed into the story i just don't think that everything is is as on rails as it has to be and i think it would also be a really cool opportunity um if the show is loved and successful um in a way that like surpasses everyone just being okay with how season seven was but like i really are impressed with it that i think that there's like some really cool opportunities to give us further context on things that we are still curious about yeah. you know like what's going on with the faceless assassins for example or like what 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 where the targaryens came from and what was happening in old valyria well like, and that's the thing what, i really that wish will give us context exactly i want wow. the lysine spring man that's what i want on tv i want the lysine spring and the end of regency for Aegon three i want this to finish Aegon three's regency i think that to do this show right you should finish egg three's regency um, I think you'd get so many good characters. You'd get to see him at the end kind of branded up, you know, be like, shall we get started rolling into yeah. the room? No, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, Aegon 3 and Bran are pretty much similar characters. It's called Parallels, people. Uh, we could be a good place to leave it, too, because of that. Yeah, it would be that he finally stands up and he's like, I, Aegon the Three, the saddest boy in all of the realms, declares that I now control the realm and you can't tell me to do shit. Goodbye. And also what has brought us all here together today are stories. And who has a better story than Aegon <laughs> the Third? Than me. <laughs> than Aegon the Third. Who has a better story than Aegon? The- oh, my God. Um, are you excited for anime live action through the lens of Song of Ice and Fire? A little bit. I think... With dragons streaming through the sky in different colors and shapes and sizes and aggression. I'm worried it's going to be very Avatar, you know, or not at all Avatar, which could be worse. That was tough to watch, for sure. But at least we don't have, like, people who can spin in place and do... uh, Do you remember that old show or movie when we were kids with the kangaroos? Kangaroo Jack? No, 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 no. There was, like, a a fantasy thing where these kangaroos were... uh, 
were like uh, doing like martial arts. It was just it was a, it was a single movie. Anyway, that reminds me no, of Avatar. I don't oh, know my, that. It's called, people, people are screaming at their podcast device right now. I, it was one of my favorites when I was a kid. It was kind of had like a, a Power Ranger vibe. I keep going back to Power Rangers. With these I dragons. don't know. They're kind of like Zords. I don't know this. It's good. I've got to look, look it up. up. Look it up and send me a link, please, because I gotta. Maybe I do know it. You know, maybe I'm just uh, withholding it. I've got a couple so of those. Right up. Okay, Hero Jack's first thing that comes up. <laughs> I see. I had the first. I had the first. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Zach, I'm worried that with this show, Allison. Warriors of Virtue. Wars. I never heard of it. Wars of Virtue. There you go. Warriors. Look at this. Wow. What? What is that? I've never heard of this. Chloe's talking Warriors. to me like I'm a three-year-old. What? <laughs> wow, you <laughs> drew a thing. I'm going to put your favorite show on for you, Zach, okay? Put no. Up, can you put it up on the refrigerator with a magnet, please? Oh, Zach. Yep, let's just watch your show now, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have never heard of that. I, uh, I think this show is going to be really good at showing some of that complexity going on even with characters like Alicent who like on first read of the story I think Alicent is a total frigid cunt in my head um (laughs) I will be honest like that's my first read through however I had a friend a notoriously great friend named Maddie and she has kind of convinced me to stop drop and think about it bitch and Alicent is actually kind of sympathetic when you think about it in its worst, right? Like, it's like, what if Sansa had to carry Joffrey's babies after all? You know? Look at you um, making the Sansa connection to Allison right now. <laughs> well, and I don't know about Sansa so much, but, like, I, I do think, like, it's that no, kind go of... go with it, go with it. She's not exactly a hostage, Allison. She did it willingly, right? But her father was, like... Her father's, like, Littlefinger, kind of, in that, in that sense. He's like, we got we got a plan. We have opportunity as well. Very Anne Boleyn. Right, like, girlfriend, get out there and strut your stuff and strut it next to a king, maybe a future king. Whatever king you can get and put on the line, you should take it. And she's told Mm -hmm. to do it, and she does it, which is like, I mean, that's what she was told to do. And she gets children. She does exactly the job she's supposed to, and then we hate her. And I'm like, well, I mean, society does say. She does some fucked up shit. Yeah. How do you not tell someone? How do you not tell someone their their dad's just died? That is shitty. That is shitty. But at the same time, Jesus Christ! If you like come into the room and you're like, "Shit, my husband's dead," and I have this whole room of dudes that's like, "What are we gonna do?" And I'm yeah. the one they're looking at. I mean, there's even Catalan vibes in that, right? Like Catalan really took the wheel on a lot of that. Um, Cersei also though. Cersei as well. Yeah. I really love that you can see a lot of the way that George writes some of these women in some of the situations they're really placed in and how they have to kind of bust out of them or work through them even. I, I do. I actually really find Alicent now, like, not not apologizing. I just find her a very, yeah. very complex and interesting character. And I think that Olivia Cook is really going to hold her together. Like, she's going to sure. deliver. She's going to be the Lena oh, yeah, Edie so of the show, probably. What if, what if, People are going to be sort of set up to be annoyed by the rigidity, the condescension, and the opulence of the Targaryens. And Allison ends up being every man enough to connect to a wide audience that there actually is a split between the Greens and the Blacks allegiance online. Because it's so overwhelmingly Blacks right now with nerds. But I've started if- to see Greens emerge. I have. I, yeah, I think it's going right. to be a thing. I really do. I think this I is really going to be... Too. I think this is going to be something interesting to watch. And I yeah, do think that yeah. they're going to play on it with the show. I think Ryan Condal and his team and Miguel um, Sapochnik, they're, they're going to really 
they're going to play on that. They're going to leverage they, they these. Have they have to. Because, I mean, it's so rich. There's so much emotion there. Like, the the one shot in the trailer, right, where Alicent has the cat's paw dagger in mm-hmm. her hand, and she's going at Rhaenyra. That's not real. That's made up. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. That elevates the tension, the drama. Like, because that's the thing is, I want to see this tension. That shot of her and Kristen Cole glaring at Rhaenyra. I want to see the tension. I want to see where it takes us. Yeah. That's exciting. I was when we were talking to to Germ. Germ. Some somehow got onto blood and cheese. Oh, you know? that's and gonna about, be gruesome. Like, yes, yes. And uh, I was like, you like? I was like, what is wrong with you? Blood and cheese? What happened? <laughs> and uh, uh, I, then we were talking about the greens and the blacks, but like just somehow tangentially connected to one another. And uh, Allison, the things that she does, and. Uh, he was surprised that I told him we did a poll on Twitter. I was like, everyone loves the blacks. He was like, really? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I did a poll. I got, I was like, I got, I got receipts. It was like eight, it was 80, it was like 80, 20 or 85, mm-hmm. 15. Oh yeah. Uh, greens to blacks. And he didn't seem, uh, blacks to, to expect green. that. Blacks to greens. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Blacks to greens. And he didn't seem to expect that. So I think if anything, like maybe Allison all along, and this is just, this is complete speculation because I didn't follow up with it. Um, maybe she was supposed to feel that way, the way that the show might amplify it that we're talking about, like the mm-hmm. whole time, like maybe you're supposed to be able to contextualize that this is happening to like, yeah, someone is being ambitious, but they're also like more normal like you, yeah. like you're not a part of the exceptionalism, like we're not Targaryens, you know? Well, and that is but something like so hard to understand about the Targaryens. Yeah. That is. And this is the first time to get to on a screen. Like that that's the thing to understand is like Danny yeah. is so easy yeah. to relate to because yes. she's the last of them and you're like, wow. Yes. But then you actually get the rewind and it turns out there are many Targaryens with many different personalities and many of them have different motives and not all yeah. of them are good. Not all of them. No. Yeah, and all of them are bad, but like ultimately like they're not better than you. Yeah. And like we're we're glorifying those people. Maybe that's like a problem with us that is being highlighted <laughs> through, through through the through the writing of these stories themselves. And like maybe that fact that we're all supposed to be picking up on, especially with the amount of people that got mad about the way that Daenerys behaved at the end of uh, Game of Thrones or the fact that she just wasn't lifted up and the whole story like wasn't about her winning and being the greatest person of all time. Like that that contextualization of of I'm the answer to the problem and you guys are my subjects, which of course that's oversimplifying what it yeah. is. But that's sort of like the dynamic of what's going on, at least with the Targaryens, especially this far hundred plus years yes. into their their dominion of Westeros. Alicent being that person in there, if it if it's pulled off right, could like make that point so much better and with more depth. I bet they've had this conversation, like probably around the beginning before this even got started. I bet this, I don't know, maybe this is like part of the reason why they were so excited to do this on TV because it's like making that point way more clear, I think. Well, and you get to Alicent and just, you get to Alicent, but you get to Allie and Jake, right? Jaharis and Alisan, and like, they just <laughs> yeah. started marrying their kids <laughs> off. They just started marrying their kids off to real people, not just each other. Right, everyone before them is like, yeah, just marry your brother or your cousin. It's gonna be good. But they just started marrying them off to real, actual Westerosi people from the Vale, from here, from there. We get to Rhaenyra. Her mom was an Aaron, right? You have Damon married to a Royce. Uh, you have kind of this departure from the Targaryen customs, the Valyrian customs of marrying one another so closely entwined, and you start to see, like, the blood pool being made bigger. 
Viserys and yeah. Alicent, for example, become something that is necessary uh, uh, yeah. for the Targs. I mean, for survival, they can't keep living that way. You can't just have 13 kids and have like 20% of them survive and the rest break your heart. Okay, like yeah. that's not a sustainable thing for a mom and dad king-queen duo. Uh, it's not sustainable. And to get to where Rhaenyra and Viserys are and him ending up with Alicent and Alicent still giving him more children... I mean, again, once more, the whole entire end of this story, all the dragons die, and they're like, it's Aegon III's fault, because he hated dragons ever since he saw his mom eaten by one. And I'm like, no, it's y'all's fault, because you danced in the sky on the greatest dragons in the world and killed each other over and over, and then the people rose up against your bullshit, because they were like, we're tired of being killed, and they killed mm -hmm. your dragons. Like, that's why the dragons are dead. The storming of the dragon pit was the beginning of the end for the Targaryens. That was the mm -hmm. answer to them that was the answer the question was targaryens and the storming of the dragon pit was the answer <laughs> i don't that's it right there that's what killed him not Aegon. this plus got or the, sorry this before got is going to make that that question of why they are who they are and how they are who they are seem even more silly than it is being set up to seem because of that gene pool mixing that you're talking about. Because that's one thing that Fire and Blood really does, especially around this point in Fire and Blood. But seeing it on screen, I think, will allow a lot of people that are never going to read Fire and Blood to be like, wait a second, like, all target these Targaryens are Baratheons. These Targaryens, mm -hmm. like, Aaron's, like, literally, it goes all the way from the top of Westeros to the bottom of Westeros to outside of westeros you know what i mean like yeah. it, there it, it's 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 an idea it's not an actual thing and we're doing all of this for an idea i think is going to be sort of a greater takeaway of all of it while we're getting like i said all of it sent through hopefully a really well done mm -hmm. sort of an anime setup well, in live action and that's why i actually find rhaenyra really compelling right as that tragic hero to bring eliana back into the mix she may not be here with us today god bless her god bless her but but bless you, Liana. she has this essay. If you haven't read it, it's really good. It's called Daughter of Death, A Song of Ice and Fire's Shakespearean Tragic Hero. And she opens the essay basically comparing Daenerys to Lear, Hamlet, and Othello, uh, showcasing the passage where she kills Drogo in A Game of Thrones in Daenerys 9. And there are three references in the passage that are to King Lear, Hamlet, and then to Othello. The first one is Never the Darkness Cried, Never, Never, Never from King Lear. Uh, Hamlet, she wanted to sleep to sleep and not to dream. And then Othello, she knelt, kissed Drogo on the lips and pressed the cushion down across his face. And like the idea of Rhaenyra sitting on a throne with Damon in her ear saying, darling, I'll kill these people that hurt our children so badly, your children, but they're my children now too, and I will hurt them. Just say the word. And she says the word. And she's like, yes, even though Helena has done nothing to her. That's who I'm very excited about. I love Helena, and she deserved the universe. She's done nothing to Rhaenyra, right? And that hurts another mother so much. And Alicent, who, like, arguably does the most to Rhaenyra, like, hurts her on a visceral level. A visceral level, if you will. Uh, <laughs> in, in her mind, though, right? Like, that's the slight she takes, and everything from there she takes. And they're both just trying to survive. Like, another world where two women are pitted against one another, and one has to survive by murdering the other woman's children and everything she loves. That's what we're going to watch on screen once more. Um, which they already played that in season eight, I guess. The leverage there with a lot of it. But 
there is like that is a big part of the story of watching them once more be pushed against one another by everyone else in their lives and made to 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 war and it's tragic for Rhaenyra like because when Damon comes back and everyone comes back they're like when they bring Mailer's head to her you know there's the differing accounts whether she wept whether she laughed whether she you know was in complete pleasure over the idea of her enemy suffering whatever she actually was that we don't know that's one of the accounts we'll see and to me i think that she robber did it i think she looked the other way at the targaryen children's heads at the bottom of her throne right uh, i think she Sounds looks right. the other way for rhaenyra and i think I mean, that makes her that much yeah. more tragic on screen to watch as she knows that like to get what she wants she has to do that and at the end it costs her everything She's lost a lot too. So mm-hmm. all that con- contextualized. I mean, I think it's a lot more forgivable than just like putting yourself in that position and thinking what you would do. Cause you'd like to think that you would do a lot of nice things, but I mean, it was actually to- hers. Like they told her it was hers legally in front of a crowd. They were like, yo, this throne, when he die, it's you, girl. Right. It's you. Like right. that was the, I will say, like that was the decree. It, yeah. it was. And people had to swear it. Yeah. Everyone but Damon, pretty much. Yeah. And he swore it with his and cock. he's on your side. Exactly. He swore it with his uncle cock. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Is it not the hottest? Let's be honest. <laughs> his uncle cock. And you know, Dude, yo, Jesus while they Christ, CGI like these knees. dragons, it's like, why can't they CGI Matt Smith some eyebrows? Oh, Jesus. Uh, they probably can still. It's, it's only not too a few late. pennies, you know, throw it in. The penny tax. Uh, I-, I will say, Matt Smith as Damon, I think it's going to be poetically amazing. I think it's going to be the funniest Go thing on. I've ever seen, but also the most amazing. I think it's going to be good. It was made for you. Dude, it was made he for has you. such chops. <laughs> you love you love Matt Smith. Matt you Smith love that is, era of who? I love Matt Smith. And Matt Smith is like flamboyant and ridiculous, but also like he can turn dark uh, on a yes. dime's edge. Like he yeah. can just turn razor's yeah. edge dark, dark, dark. Yeah. Him as Damon? Oh my God. It's like kind yeah, of amazing. It's kind of awesome. It's like a, it's it's uh, the doctor at Stonehenge or whatever. Yeah, yes, you know yes, what I mean? yes. Making the speech when he gives the mean speech, he's like, "I am talking." Yes. Um, and yeah. not only that, but like his weird, because yeah, because his whole entire body is like, you know, when Harry Potter, when Gilderoy Lockhart takes all the bones out of Harry's arm. Th- yeah, that's who Matt Smith's whole body is. It's like somebody <laughs> magic all the but he's just like a slippery rubber glove uh, of war and drama. <laughs> and I don't know, something about him as Damon, I think he's gonna really lean into it. I mean, he has so much uh theater experience too that he's gonna like really get into it. And Damon is, he's just like such a dramatic ass, bitch ass, crazy ass character. I don't really oh, love yeah. Damon, like me and him. He's also ageless. Yeah, he is. I mean Yeah, he really is. I'm and and Matt Smith has the most hairstyle in all the trailers so far there are three haircuts that you can track matt smith by okay in the show the short hair at laner and rhaenyra's either engagement or wedding it looks like a wedding uh he has short hair which means he just came back from war and he was finally accepted mm-hmm. back super long hair is the beginning season one early flashback and then shorter hair is grown out like long, like the shoulder length hair that's grown out mm-hmm. from after war. So that's towards the end of the yeah. season. So if you keep that in mind, if you're watching the two trailers, you can kind of figure out when certain things are, like whether they're end of season, mid season, or preseason. I find mm-hmm. that very interesting. They really fucked up on Matt Smith having hairstyles. <laughs> I've tracked the whole I mean, show. <laughs> I, th- I think they, I mean, like the whole story's out. I think they want people like you to figure it out. <laughs> Shit, you think they know that I know the story? 
Oh no. Dude, they want these oh, podcasts. No. Oh, they no. they want them to, they want them out there. They're like, please get people excited to watch the this TV show. <laughs> well, I am kind of excited because I feel like I'm very divorced from the show in, in ge- like I mean, it can't hurt me, right? I don't think it can hurt us. Unless you learn something you don't want to know. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the inside of you. Not that well. Oh my god. I mean, like what if, what if they take <laughs> what if they take somebody like that you that you really like and they make them suck. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a base level shallow thing that could happen to you and you could walk away from each episode being like, "No." I mean, that happens to me watching Potter. I'm like, "Let's not <laughs> do it like this." Like simple simple like uh misadaptations of like how to use spells. Like mm-hmm. why does Lumos have to have a bunch of different shit added to it? No, like, the, like the the intro and then closing spell that was bullshit. That was never in the books. Uh Right, like Lumos, Nox. What the fuck? That doesn't matter. What is this world building? It's not world. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, like Nox is the way you put your wand out. You wouldn't say it with, uh, like, in in conjunction with that original yes. word. And you wouldn't also say, like, uh, a different size. But, like, that's, that's geeky shit. And, like, that can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. But when you see, like I said, when you see the wigs... The the style of the approach from the end of Thrones that a lot of people kind of see as like part of the downfall or at least the downfall era. When I see some when I see some of the same polish from the downfall era come through, it's like I don't know if all of if if we're learning from it Mm -hmm. completely because some things have gone through. So that risk of you walking away disappointed or at least let down is still there. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think that that there's some things that are still making me feel like unsure but when i hear how much george likes it and when i hear how much ryan condal really likes the source material and how interested he's in in doing something that is sticky and that is fun on tv Mm -hmm. and not just collecting a paycheck and not just trying to hurry and get it done so you can move on to making star wars i think that if (laughs) that that makes me feel like we're being set up for something that could really really like uh, land well on people. Do you think that that's going to be the case? Do you think that this is going to be a blowout and that people are really going to enjoy the show? Or if it's like, is it going to be just the nostalgia of Game of Thrones that makes it popular? Or do you think that that's what's going to bring people to it? And then they manage to continue the the legacy by making something awesome in the first season? I think that oh, that's, a, that's a hard one because I, I see a lot of what you're saying in general that like it, it's I mean, is this show being created or was it asked for with the idea that the story was a compelling story or was it asked for because they wanted to do a Game of Thrones spinoff, right? And mm. that's one question that doesn't relate to the next question, which is, does Ryan Condal love the source material and respect it? He does. That is so obvious. It does show. Uh, and that George is happy, as you've kind of seen that, that does show. So that's a good sign. George was also happy at the first season of Game of Thrones and the second and the third and even the fourth and somewhat the fifth because they probably made him on a live TV say so. But, you know, before they backed the money up. But like that that's harder. And I guess time will tell. I don't think the good news is that like none of these characters. I went on this podcast, Ranking Thrones, great guys, they're really fun, and I went on for the Rhaenyra episode, and I went on very girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep, like, I love Rhaenyra, <laughs> happy to, like, stand Rhaenyra and say, yes, queen, commit, you know, crimes towards everyone, very happy to say that, 
live in public, but they kind of did get me. They were like, Chloe, are you sure? And they were like, because this was pretty bad. This was pretty bad. This was pretty bad. And I'm like, shit, you're right. Okay, maybe she's only a four out of ten. Okay, maybe she's only a four out of ten. I get it. But Mm -hmm. with that said, like, none of these characters besides Rhaenyra and maybe young Alicent are that compelling. Some of the kids kind of are, but even they don't last that long. Uh, None of these characters... I mean, they're compelling, like, they're fun to watch, but none of them are like, I love the Starks, I love Bran, I love Rickon, I love Rob, I love, you know what I mean? Like, none of these characters are characters that you're out there saying that. Rainies, I love Rainies. I love Eve Best, who's playing Rainies. If you saw Nurse Jackie, she's in Nurse Jackie, and she Mm. does an amazing job, and I highly recommend that show. It's one of my favorites of all time. It's just a great roller coaster. But... She's a great actress. Rainey's is an amazing character. I'm going to love her. I'm going to love Corlys. I'm going to love watching that drama play out. Mm-hmm. But I'm not invested emotionally. I'm like, that's my girl. Get to the finish line because I know nobody wins. Like, literally no one in this show wins. I think that it could be a cleanup crew that is mm-hmm. continuing everything. I think that that might have been what it is. But I think that George has wormed mm-hmm. his way in there by getting Ryan to be the guy yeah. to show run this. I think that Miguel is going to help bring a lot of the thunder that we like. But I think that... Visually, yes, yes. I think that the difference between D&D and uh, Ryan is that Ryan's George's man. I respect that. And I think that that bodes really well for us. I think that... Even if a a company like HBO wants to be as hands off as they are, because they're not they're not mm-hmm. the creative people. They're a business behind it. They're they're business people mm-hmm. making creative decisions for the most part, and they rely on people like them, like George and those people, to make their their mm-hmm. products successful. And sometimes they get in the way of that. And I think that we have a better connection to who's really in charge of this now more than we did before with the parts of Game of Thrones that I think kind of got out of everyone's hands because it became such an important business product. I think that even if this becomes an important business product, that I think we're in a really good place unless Ryan goes totally rogue and stops texting George, (laughs) which I don't (laughs) think is going to happen. I feel really confident. And I think you're right about all the characterization, but I still think that there's... There's a chance that there's enough cool stuff in this and that Matt Smith, for example, um, can catch enough like young uh, dorks that don't really know what they like yet and then pull them in. And I think that they can make dragons cool and that they can make the story seem epic. And that since there's so much that happens leading up to the dance and during the dance and after the dance and before the leading up to the dance, like through just the history of the Targaryens in this world that we're also used to is that I think they have like all the chance in the world to make this something that people really stick to. But I agree. There's not going to be the same takeaways as like, I love Bran or I love Sansa or I love Arya. But I do think that you might be able to say, I love this show if they do a really good job because there's really nothing yeah. else to watch. Not like that, except for Rings of Power. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a good baby boom right now shows, right? Everyone knows we suffered during the old Rona. Uh, Everything has suffered greatly. And I think it's like a big baby boom of media. 90 Day Fiance, though. And the circle. And the circle, I hear. Eliana loves the circle. (laughs) I need to watch the circle, yeah. Uh, You got to talk to her. She's into it. I feel like she or someone told me to watch that recently. I'm not sure who, but 
Yeah, I'll check it out. Like, what's so good about it? I don't know. I have no clue what it's. I think it's like a it's like a Big <laughs> Brother situation, right? I love Big Brother. Yeah. The original ones. I'm a, I'm not a well, you know, I, like I, I lie. Eight years old. I'm watching Jersey Shore again. I missed it. I'm trying to get all the way through the newest you can't season. Creep in this weather. Oh my god. Girls in this weather. <laughs> Yo, we're GTL in in this house this summer. We are GTL Jim Tan Laundry. Good. That is the big thing this summer for me. GTL, ready for the shore. Ready for t-shirt time. Uh, yeah, no, it's bad. It's uh, We've hit rock bottom with shows. That, and I'm re-watching Party Down right now. Rewatching Party Down. I never heard oh, of it's on Hulu. Watch it. You'll like it. It's uh, Adam Scott's in it. You got a couple other great names in it. It's a little comedy. It's Roger about that. people that run a party planning business. They do like catering party stuff, etc. And Too close to home. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And the first, it, it's a... Uh, you got the main cast, who's the party planner people, the the group of people that work the parties, the catering and everything. And then you have the subset is always the guest actors that are doing the actual party that has some sort of meta behind whatever's oh, happening. Rules. Yeah, like there was what a party thrown by a bunch of fucking rich ass Republicans in the last episode and yada yada, you know. Right on. So really funny, easy 25 minute episodes. That rules. Yeah. I've watched the Halo adaptation. I oh, guess really? Loose adaptation. How is that? Yeah. I mean, I love Halo, so I was just, my eyes were glued to the screen. But uh, man, I mean, it. We're sitting here going, "Will they? Won't they make something good?" It's like we're so spoiled when you go watch any other like fantasy product. How did just they? Uh, down to the, pro- the production, it's just it's tough to get stuff to a level. You know, you have to really hire the best people and have the money to pay them to do stuff on that level, and just not everyone can afford that. How'd they do Cortana? To. How was that Cortana? I I loved Cortana. Yeah. Yeah. Cortana was like was was like show or it was like game slash book Cortana for sure. Okay. Cortana was cool. Okay. Loved Cortana. I gotta look into that. I do. Yeah. <sighs> you should watch it if you if you're if, we've never talked about it before, but if you're familiar with that lore at all, you should just watch it because it's cool to be in that universe. It's the universe is cool. I'm a big I'll, I'll tell you uh, this. Halo Two Halo Reach fan. Really? Yeah. Yes. This is my this is my favorite Halo. Hold on. Oh. Yeah. The, the new Halo is 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 so good. Really? So good. I got yeah, I got to charge up my power my sword and get on it. See, I've been playing I got to play some Halo. I've been playing a new game. Uh, You've been playing. I've been playing Cities Skyline. Have you ever heard of this game? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh God, it is taking over my life, friends. It is a city planner game. You basically make your own city, and it's so detailed. And like you do commercial zoning, residential zoning, low and high density, industrial zoning. There are different parts of the map. <laughs> Sounds like work. <laughs> oh, it's good though. It's so good. Oh. You're like, I can't wait to get off of work. I... Go home. <laughs> Put my feet up, get a little vodka soda, and go to work. <laughs> it's really good. It's I believe you. So no no Stardew. Uh it's basically business Stardew. It's business right, Stardew. Like, this Valley. farming is not enough. I need to I need to move on to I need a, a bigger revolution. fix. I need a bigger fix. We need an fix. industrial revolution. Tap, tap, tap. Oh. <laughs> Agriculture's not enough. Well, until Hot D comes out on August 21st, you know, I'm just suffering. We've got, what, like, two months, ten days. Two months, ten days. Uh, I need that fix. I need that fix. I'm jonesing for a fix in Game of Thrones Hot D. 
unleashing the D within us, within you. Give us the full D. We can take it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the dragon. I guess. Give us, Zach, give us Vagar. What is, give us Vagar. You want to wrap this up? Yeah. Let's just keep talking about, uh, let's keep talking about Halo. That's my sweet spot right <laughs> Zach, now. What is, what is the thing that you want to see on screen adapted from Princess and the Queen or from Fire and Blood from the many chapters? What is the thing you are looking forward to the most? I think it's cliche to say the tilt over the God's eye, but I just really think that there's an opportunity to show us what the next decade of TV could look like and of action. And I think the Game of Thrones did a really good job in the meat of the series, mm-hmm. especially the stuff they did during season four um, at the wall. I think that the the dimension change from the way we were used to seeing the wall in season one, season two, season three, and then some of the tracking shots that they did with it, I think really was something that a lot of folks uh, weren't ready for. I know I wasn't. And sometimes you try and you miss, and they didn't miss on a show that we already loved so much. They like ended up actually doing something that film had had a hard time doing for the longest time. Even like the, a lot of the a lot of the feudal and scaled uh, action sh- movies that we've seen before that um, have done really cool jobs with stuff like things like Hel- Helm's Deep. Um, we all like Troy, but like no, no one really did anything that sexy and also uh, industrious and ingenious. Um, That's true. As as they did in in Game of Thrones, they really did some pivotal stuff. I think that has made film and TV, which is basically film now, um, really blossom in a cool way. And I think that they have the right material to do something new and awesome. And I hope that they're doing their homework and like doing what George did with what you were talking about with uh, with Daenerys and, and Khal Drogo dying. Like, I don't think that that's on accident. It takes a lot of like care, attention to detail to simplify such grand like, references and homages in such succinct ways. And I think that that's really part of the recipe of making something sing like they could make it sing. And the source material is there. And so I want to see that. I think that that could be part of a climactic shift in how we... Uh, see something at that scale and at that potential speed and to be able to deliver it without it being corny at all I think it's going to be a really big challenge and I want to see how they how they handle that what about you? the scale of the god's eye especially I think is going to look cool uh, I would say I mean that is the ultimate fanboy response to be fair Zach no offense I'm in that it is some fanboy I'm, shit. I'm literally a fanboy I'm a fanboy. I don't see, you know, like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong being a fanboy. That is a little fanboy of you, but I respect that. I, uh, I'm i excited to see some of these locations through someone else's Step eye. Stepstones would be cool. Stepstones would be awesome. Old stones would be awesome. I'm seeing, mm-hmm. like, any of the places. Anything with stones in the name. Yeah, anything Bye. with stones. Bye, Allie. Okay. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. I'm excited to see characters too. I'm excited to see Helena. Not excited for her end. I hope we get Aegon three as a boyo. I, I really hope we get Aegon three's regency and the end of it. I think that would be a great way to end the show. Hour of the Wolf. Uh, Alley, Black Alley. I want to see Black Alley. I want to see Sabatha. I want to see some of these awesome characters from the books. I, I want to see Rainey's in her glory go out like a fucking badass. That's probably my fangirl one. I want to see Rainies go out. But I also really want the twins. I want to see Raina and Bela, actually. 
That's who I also really want to see thrive on this show, besides, you know, Moondancer's death. Ugh. You notice that none of us, neither of us just said blood and cheese? I don't want to see that, man. That's so sad. You don't want to see it? Between that and Mailer getting ripped apart limb by limb, I don't want to see that. I'm just saying with the bad come the good on TV shows. I think it, it could be at least like a heartbeat. Our hearts would be beating. So I might feel something in this life. <laughs> yeah, Chloe looks sad. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you asked me to come on and talk to you about this. I Thanks for coming on and hanging, Zach. You know, Sorry, I'm a little rough around the edges. I like No, you know, it's gritty. It's raw. It's going to be, you know, not exactly Red Wedding per se, but what was a horror in season two? Blackwater was crazy cool, but that's going to be season two. I mean... It's going to be a season two horror show, and I can't wait to see it. <sighs> and like, God, I think the season one, I can't wait to see the season one Game of Thrones outline come back. Like episode nine, Viserys dying, dad dies. You know, the 10th episode, some crazy fight and rebirth of dragon magic. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think some of that formula is going to really pay off, but. We're going to get a song called The Dance of the Dragons in episode 10 of season one of Hot D, probably. Because mm-hmm. that's how it's going to end, right? It's going to be, we're going to get that set up. So like, how do you match the same scale? Well, everything falls apart. And it's like, well, now what? Yeah, the rebuilding. I mean, that's part of like why I'm like so adamant here that Aegon has to have a moment or two. We have to see the Manderly effect on him. We have to see Cregan. We have to see that because you can't just yeah. end a show like Rhaenyra got eaten. You have to end it with a little bit of hope. You know, everything was still bad at the end of season eight, but like there was that little bit of hope that like the wolves will come again. And that's what the Hour of the well, Wolf gonna is going to do yeah. for the Targaryen show. And everyone's going to be really excited when the girl gets manipulated and groomed by all the people around her, even though she's the rightful mm. heir to the throne, and she allows mm. that to corrupt her, and then at the very end, she dies in a horrible way, and then the Starks show up to save the day. And everyone's gonna why love even watch the show? Hot D. <laughs> that that would be my complaint with why they're doing this, right? I'm like, this is the choice? You could have waited like a decade. Jesus, you disrespectful motherfuckers. <laughs> then the everyone's Stark banner is gonna come out again. They had their Stark banners flying off their porches and stuff oh at the end God. of GOT. Sewing their banners. They're going to come out again. Uh, They're going to come out again. The Hour of the Wolf, they will come out <sighs> I can't wait for dragons. going to be excited for dragons. No Starks. Fuck the Starks. We're here for dragons, fam. We're here for dragons. And then the Starks. Okay. And then the Starks later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. I see where you're I actually right. don't even care about Cregan. Like, not trying to be a jerk. I just don't care about Cregan. I don't know. I guess I guess I don't really either. I mean, they're all dead. So. <laughs> I'm more interested in the now, but this is going to be fun. That's one of the things I'm curious about, like how it's going to stick with folks. But you know, we had we had the books available. I know yeah. they were unfinished, but they were out there for the first handful of seasons, and no one cared. I think it has the potential so. to get really big again. Not I as big. Too. I don't think it's going to get as big, but I think really big. I wish. Because that was really fun. Sustainably, like we were all big. doing something t- together too. Yeah, every Sunday I felt connected, but I think it'll do that again, at least for the mega fans. And then I think it will draw a new crowd. I don't think anything will ever get as big as the original hype for Thrones or the existing and sustainable hype. Believe it or not, people do still talk about it. People do still talk about it every single day, against what the internet says. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever hit 
that peak, that hype, but I do think it'll get pretty big for a bit. You're talking about Hot D? Yeah. You think it's going to get pretty big for a bit? I think so. Hot D? Hot D. I think we're going to get a really big D. It's going to be plump. It's going to (laughs) be lively. But I think when it's over, when it's done, when that D has spurt itself out and just run itself dry. Of Dragonfire. Yeah. (laughs) That D, when the D's empty. I think it'll have been good. I don't think it'll, I think it'll be fine. I don't think it'll be bad. I do not think it'll go below fine. I think it'll be fine and better. And that is what I'm setting my heart to. That is my official take. It'll be fine and maybe better and maybe best. Let's do this again at some point when we like are able, like, I don't know. I don't want to say like at the end of Hot D to be like, what did it do? I don't know what you would call it. What that D do? uh, Cold, cold D. Yeah. I don't know what the follow up to, I don't even know what you're going to name this episode. Girl, what that D do? It's been, it's been really fun. uh, Unleashing the D. Freestyle talk with you about (laughs) anything, literally anything. Yeah. No plan. I've had a blast tonight. Thanks for joining me, Zach. And, if you do not remember, Zach, if you're not quite caught up with our Sam episodes yet, the end of our Sam episodes, Zach came on then. But Zach is from a quaint little podcast from around the corner that we like to call Game of Owns. Zach, do you want to tell everyone at home where to find Game of Owns? Yes, you can go to GameOfOwns.com. We got all the episodes and stuff there. Got like uh, episodes sorted if you want to find some a little bit more easier, like guests and things like that. And uh, we're also Game of Owns on social media and Game of Owns on all your podcast apps. Just write that down. Yeah. And in your podcast. Keep app. an eye out because they have something really big coming, right? You guys have bigger than the D, bigger than the hottest D. You have the hottest G. <laughs> the hottest G. The hottest G in the lawn. <laughs> you guys have George coming on soon. George himself. Yep. Yep. Pretty excited about that. I'm going to just keep reading all of his books i wanted to talk to you about the armageddon rag but i guess i could talk to you about it another time it's crazy i gotta how read it. a song of ice and fire is basically it's basically in armageddon rag it's very strange it's, it's way too big of, of an explanation but i've taken a bunch of screenshots as i've been reading because i don't want to read the signed copy i didn't know it was it was signed so anyway God. don't listen to this george because i'm gonna try to <laughs> cool <ass> you. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin your signature okay uh, <laughs> man. well until i read armageddon rag and until we watch the hot d we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening talk to you soon love talking to you chloe hope you have a good rest of your night and thanks everyone <laughs> bye everyone <laughs>